God bless you. Again, thank you for joining us. Uh, uh, we will continue our series we've been working on since January, Trusting God to Open Doors. Trusting God to Open Doors. We come to part seven. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for this amazing opportunity you've given us. Oh, to be at your feet and hear your word. Help us to become like Mary with open hearts, ready to absorb, to listen. Not only to listen, oh God, my Lord, but give us a heart to want to learn and a will to desire to put these truths into practice that we will be blessed. We thank you, Lord God Almighty. Speak to our hearts now. In Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. Now, for seven weeks, we've been spending time on this series that came from Revelation 3.20. God says, Behold, I have opened a door for you that no person can shut. And we titled the series after this amazing dream, goal, purpose of God for your life and my life. Trusting God to open doors. And last week, we began uh, a teaching on preparing to be used by God. And we grounded this message on this fact, this purpose, this destiny that God has for his children. And, and God wants us to enjoy what he calls a far better life than people will ever have on their own. And that comes from 2 Corinthians 5.15. You can scroll down. You can see that scripture. I encourage you right now to do that so you can see it for yourself as I read that. 2 Corinthians 5.15. Jesus is speaking. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is speaking about Jesus. He says, Jesus included everyone in his death so that, again, the word everyone could also be included in his life. What kind of life? A resurrection life. A far better life than people can ever have on their own. And God is saying that my purpose for your life is a far better life. That's God's destiny. God's dream. God's open door for your life that no one can shut. Far better life is God's purpose for your life. And what is this God's better life? They are what I call seven Ps. Living by God's presence, living under God's purpose, living by God's pardon, God's provision, God's protection, God's peace. And when your time here on earth is done, you become transported to live in God's paradise forever. Far better life. God's presence, purpose, pardon, provision, protection, peace, and God's paradise forever and ever and ever. And that's what God talks about. He says, I have included you. It's an inclusive deal. And this is the purpose that God is talking about. You know that God never created anyone, anything without a purpose. Everything God created has a purpose. That the fact that you are alive today means that God made you for a purpose. I mean, one of the lyrics of the songs, of the, of the worship songs that we sung is, Because I am alive, God is not done with me. God has a purpose for your life. You are alive today because God is not finished with you. God has a plan and a purpose for life, for your life. 
And this comes as a result of you deciding to be included in Christ's death and his resurrection. God included. That you got to want it for yourself. You, you got to want this resurrected life. And my brother, my sister, without a union with Christ, the Bible c- c- claims you as one who is still dead in your sins. But when you come to that place where you receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you come to that place where you open your life to God for him to do what he created you for, you then are included in his death and in his resurrection. And God says you are on a pathway, a runway to live a life of purpose, which is a far better life than people could ever live on their own. That is God's purpose for your life. That's God's plan for you. That you live that much better life. That God wants you to be in that space where you are not just just faking it till you make it. That doesn't work. I'm going to fake it till I make it. It doesn't work. Bumbling around, just going in all directions, trying to figure things on your own. No, God has a specific purpose and a plan for your life. And here's the neat thing about it, my brother, my sister. The neat thing about this is when God uses you for his purposes, he blesses you at the same time. If only you will let God use you. If only you will be get to a place where you are usable by God. If you are willing to be used by God, God will do big things in your life. But God will only use you if you want to be used by him. That is how his purposes, this far better life, are birthed in your life. If you are willing to be used by God, you'll be used by God as much as you want to. It takes a preparation to be used by God. And as your pastor, my brother, my sister, I, I want to help you experience the life that you were meant to live. And today what I want to do is pick up from where we left off last week. I want us to look at the idea of how you could get prepared to be used by God. You see, in the Bible, every time God wanted to do something big in the life of his, his people, he had them get ready first. He had them prepared first. And that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to get you into that space where you are prepared for something big, something major, something exciting in your life. Look at this amazing portion of scripture. Malachi 3, 17 to 18. Scroll down, you're going to see that. Those who are used by God, my brother, my sister, have the greatest thrill and the greatest adventure. You, you, you don't know about real success in life, real satisfaction and fulfillment in life until you are actually being used by God to fulfill his purpose which he created you for. You feel God's presence when you are being used by God. You feel his glory. You feel his smile and acceptance upon your life. Folks, there's absolutely nothing in the entire universe that compares to the feeling of being used by God. Here's what God said through the prophet Malachi. Malachi 3, 17 through 18. Says the Almighty, 
they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again, watch this, see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. And God is saying there's a clear demarcation, a clear distinction, a clear, a clear difference between those who serve God and those who do not. Those who are on God's side, those who are yoked with God in his barrel and in his resurrection and those who are living life on their own. God said, I will show you the difference between those who serve me and those who do not. Those who I'm using to fulfill a divine purpose and those who are trying to make it on their own by themselves. The neat thing about this, my brother, my sister, is this. When God uses you for his purpose, he blesses you at the same time. But you see, you've got to be prepared to be used by God. Look at this next portion of scripture in Luke 12, verse 35 to 37. Jesus is speaking. And notice how many times God uses the word ready or, or prepare. He says, be dressed for service and well prepared as though you were waiting for your master to return from a wedding feast. He says, then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives. And knocks. There will be special favor for those who are ready and waiting for his return. Be dressed and ready for service. Be well prepared as though you were waiting for your master to return from a wedding feast. Then you'll be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. There will be what? Special favor for those who are ready and waiting for his return. Jesus has a promise for you. He says there will be a special, special favor. Special favor. I love that promise. But you see, there are four requirements. Same thing said four different times. That is necessary for you to receive this special favor. Be dressed for service. Be well prepared. Then you'll be ready for those who are ready and waiting. Four times Jesus says the same thing over and over again. To say, hey, this is it. You got to be prepared to be used by God. You got to be prepared to use it by God. And when you're in that space where you are prepared to be used by God, and God is using you, there's a special favor waiting for you. Now, how do you prepare to be used by God? How do you prepare to get into that space where you are living that far better life that people cannot have on your own? How do you get into that space where God says that you are going to be in a place where there is a distinctiveness about your life far different than, than unbelievers? <laughs> well, you do four things. Last week, I shared two with you. I'm going to close this this message with two more but let's do a little recap first here's what you do that i must what purify my heart purification simply means that i get things right with god i get things right with god i take out the garbage the sin all my past errors my faults my failures the mistakes in my life i just said bye-bye to them i just now my eyes are open i want what's better for my life i want what's better for my my work with god i want what's better for my family i want what's better for i want to live in the light of god and so these things don't work for me. I'm not going to do them anymore. That's what purification is. Look what the Bible says. Job 11, 13, 3, 16. Job knows a thing or two about falling down and then rising up to higher ground. He tells us, he says, if you only will prepare your heart. That's that word again. If only you will prepare your heart. 
and lift your hands to God in prayer. Get rid of all your sins and leave all the iniquity behind you. Then your face will brighten in innocence. You will be strong and free of fear. You will forget your misery. It will be gone like water under the bridge. It's a great words. Free of fear, strong, you forget your misery, they will all be gone like water passing down the bridge. Water passing down the bridge. Washing away all the drugs and the trash and everything. Now that bridge has become a beautiful spring. And God is saying, this is what I want to do in your life. But it, becomes, it begins by what? By preparing your heart and getting rid of all your sins. Amen. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, picked up on this in, in 2 Timothy 2.21. It says, if you keep yourself pure, watch this, you'll be what? A utensil that God can use you for his purpose. Your life will be clean and you will be what? Ready for the master to use you for every good work. Twice he uses the word use. God wants to use you. You are in that zone to live your best life ever. That far better life that God talked about. Oh, that he purchased with his blood and rose from the dead for your sake. That life of clear distinction between unbelievers and believers. He says, you are going to live that if you are usable by God. To be usable, you got to purify your heart. God says, I won't pour new wine in old wine skins. I will not sow a new piece of garment on old worn out garment. So there has to be purification. Oh, secondly, also, we looked at it last week. I have must what? Sanctify my body. I must sanctify my body. Sanctification is just a fancy word that means I dedicate myself for God's purpose. I dedicate my body, my time, my resources, my strength for God's purposes. Romans 6.13 tells us, do not let any part of your body become a tool of wickedness to be used for sinning. Instead, give yourselves completely to God since you've been given new life and use your whole body as a tool to do what is right for the glory of God. Use tool, use tool, usable by God. Use, become that tool, that vessel that God can use. Sanctify your body. Now, last week Sunday, I sent you a pamphlet, a brochure that I wrote a few years ago. It's about personal spiritual assessment. I hope you took it to heart and you walked right through different areas where scripture says that you can use to link up with the Holy Spirit as a point of examination, inventory, assessment of areas of your life where God cannot use you. It's causing spiritual blockage. I hope you took it to practice. There is something in the sports, in the business arena that says, listen, learn, and act. You probably have heard it. Listen, learn. For you to progress in life, listen to what somebody is doing very well. Learn from those and then put it in action. Listen, learn, and act. Jesus said that. He said, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things that I say? And so you listen, you learn, and you put it in action. And hopefully that pamphlet and all the series here, you are listening, observing, learning some things, adapting some truths from God's word, and not just going to, from one year to the other, but you are what implementing in your life so that radical life change can happen to you. Now, today, I, I, 
I want to continue and give you two more, two more, two more. So to get myself ready to receive that special favor that God talks about. Special favor that he talks about. One, I must purify my heart. Two, I must what? Sanctify my body. Third, I must do this. I must what? Simplify my schedule. Now we are moving to the issue of time. Not only do you have to have your heart right with God and your body and your health right with God, you also have to have your hours right with God. To do a little play on, on words H, your heart right with God, your health right with God, and then your hours right with God. Now, if you don't have time to do anything else, then God cannot use you. It means you are not available. For you to be used by God, you need to make yourself available. Do you agree with that? There are some people where yeah, I can't do this, I can't do that, I don't have time, I don't have time, I don't have time, time, time. And they're just busy about this, running around, doing everything else that's getting them nowhere. And not spending time necessary to do what God wants them to do to move them ahead in life. And so you must what? Simplify your schedule now here's the good news that may be interesting to for for those of you who really want to be used by god it is this god does not expect you to do everything let me repeat that to you anyone feeling the pressure oh i gotta go here i gotta do this i gotta do this i gotta do this. oh i gotta do this they expect no no god does not expect you to do everything in the first place not everything is worth doing in the first place you see i am convinced of this i'm so convinced of this that if you could probably cut out about half of what you are doing and you will be far more healthier emotionally healthier relationally healthier spiritually and even healthier financially if you could cut out about half of what you're doing right now in your life if you just took an inventory where am i spending my time Here's what the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 10, 23. The Bible says, you say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is good for you. You say I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And so God is saying, hey, you know what? Yeah, you're a busy body moving around, doing things, doing things, doing things, dressing up, going here, filling your calendar from sun up to sun with all kinds of activities, but hear this. Not everything is good for you. Even the good things, not every good thing is good for you. Not everything is beneficial. What may be good for me or, or somebody else may not be good for you or me. Now we know what the devil is. One of the modus operandi, mode of operation of the devil, he is the father of all lies. He defeats by lies. Now, so the God has told us who he is. Now, what do liars do? How effective are liars? Liars do their best work with distraction and confusion. Somebody told you a lie, you just dismiss, oh, that's a lie. That's, uh, that's just uh, hogwash. That's a conspiracy theory. That is something you find on the dark side of the internet. That I have no use for that. Well, the, 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 a liar is ineffective, powerless against your life, your health, your finances, your marriage, your work with God, your parents, every area of your life. If you just, just, just move on. 
But when you begin to receive what the liar has said to you, what happens is that lie becomes effective by distracting you and confusing you. So liars destroy by distraction and confusion. And you get hooked onto that and you are chasing after a dead end. Pursuing, wasting your time. And all of us has a finite amount of time, 24 hours a day. So if you're spending your time doing all these things that will get you nowhere, what happens? What's happening? What's happening? You don't have any more any time to do what's right for you that will be honorable to God, used by God, and bring blessing right to you. So that's what God says. Not, not everything is good for you. Not everything is beneficial. Hear this. Busy bodies are easy praise for the devil. Let me repeat that. Busy bodies, people who don't have their schedule simplified, who are going to chase after every idea, every thought, Oh, I see this person going here. Let me go here too. I see this happening. Let me do this too. Here's what my neighbors are doing. Let me follow. They are what? Easy targets for the devil. Know this. Know this. Know this. You don't have to do everything. Say that with me. Please say that with me. Wherever you are. I don't have to do everything. I just have enough time to do God's will. One more time. I don't have to do everything. I just have enough time to do God's will. When God puts a will on your heart and you are agreeable and you are preparing yourself to do God's will, you have more time, more time to do it and do it to the best of your ability supported by the Spirit of God. And God will not give you more to do than he gives you hours in a day to do it. If you have more to do that you don't have time, to do God's will in your life, my brother, my sister, then you really are running the race of life backward. So, and so the name of the game is simplifying your, your times, simplifying your schedule. Here's, here's the issue. God has a plan for your life. Do you believe that? I hope you do. If you pray the Lord's Prayer, one of the, the tenets of the Lord's Prayer is praying for God's purpose, your will be done. On earth, in my life, just ask, your will always gets done in heaven. God has a will, a plan. He says, I know the plans that are for you, plans to prosper you. God created you here for a purpose. He says, we created a new and created Jesus to do good works that he planned for us even before the creation of time. God has a plan for your life. But, but here's another fact. Everybody else also has a plan for your life. And most times, the plans of others run contrary, run opposite, interferes with God's plan for your life. So here's what the Bible says to help you deal with that tension. <laughs> Manage that tension. God's got a plan for your life. So every day of your life, I've recorded in my book, not a single day possible without you noticing it. That says, even before God weaned us in our mama's womb, he saw us, he planned our lives, and he made us so wonderful and creatively. So how do I balance that? When God's got a plan for my life, I have my own plans, my brother, my sister, my friend, my neighbors, my boss, my co-workers, I, I, I'm, everybody else have their own expectations. How do I reconcile that? Very simple. Look what the Bible says. Titus 2, verse 11 to 12. <clears throat> it says, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all another word for salvation is what freedom the greek word salvation literally means to pull someone from danger <laughs> into safety pulling from danger into safety 
That's what that Greek word means. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. The grace of God has appeared that, is, that pulls people from danger into safety. Listen to this. Next. It, this grace of God, this freedom call, freedom gift of God, freedom grace of God, it says what? It teaches us to say what? To say what? To say what? To say what? It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. Say no. I have to say no to things that are not in the will of God, things that will cloud my schedule so that I have no time to serve God, to fulfill God's purpose. Yes, say no. some of you can never say no. And that's it right there. You can never say no. You can never say no to your friends, your neighbors, your co-workers, your family members when they are really... Uh, Leaning on you to do something that will take you outside of what God has planned for your life. See, the grace of God that brings freedom to all people teaches us to say no to worldly passions. And to say yes to a controlled, upright, and godly life. So let me tell you, as your friend and your pastor, one of the greatest blessings of my life is that there are some things you cannot even give me a million dollars. You can pay me a million dollars to do. It's a journey, but thank God Almighty, God has brought me this far by faith. And I realize that the more I put on my schedule that's not of God, the more I'm getting knocked out of being blessed and usable by God. Now, you perhaps may remember, those of you who have been here for a while, in 1986, Nancy Reagan, in the height of the drug situation, came up with this slogan, Say No to drugs. Very simple, but yet it was so effective. There were so many clubs that were opened up in neighborhoods, in cities. Say no to drugs. Say no to drugs. In, when it, there was the day, in, it, it, a season where people were just using drugs, just flagrantly. Flagrantly. If you were not drinking, you were not cool. If you were not smoking, you were not cool. If you were not using weed, you were not cool. If you were not just, you know, snorting drugs, you were not cool. And everywhere, people felt that was the coolest thing to be upset in society. And just a simple slogan, say no to drugs. It empowers someone to say, no, I'm not going to do it. Why? Because the President of the United States and the First Lady says, I should say no to drugs. And God comes to you and says, say no, say no, say no, say no. Look at it. Say no to worldly passions. Well, you go out and do something in purchase. You go out and drink. You go out and have an affair. You go out and, and, and make a choice, a decision. Buy something that you don't have money for just to fit in. All of a sudden, it says, well, God says I should say no. God says I should say no. You know, every now and then I tell my daughter that when she goes to school, she should tell her teacher that my daddy says so. Because by herself, she may not have the ability, may not have the courage to be able to master whatever it is that my daddy says so. My daddy says when I go out to play, I need to have my hat on, my gloves on. My daddy says that it's cold outside, so I can't go outside to play, or then I'll get sick. Use my name as the authority. And God says, God says, he says, the grace of God that has appeared, that pulls people from danger to freedom, stitches us to say, no. I want to have an affair, but God says, no. I want to make the take this trip, but God says, no. 
I want to sleep today and not show up here and preach a message to you. But God says, no. That overrides my human will. God is higher than my friends, my neighbors, my co-workers. The world's view, what's showing up on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or WhatsApp. God is high. And when God becomes that authority in my life that I look to, listen to, and obey, I have the power to say no to worldly passions. And if anybody asks you why, just say, because God says so. Why? God says so. So you get to a place where you are prepared by God, my brother, my sister, when you are in that space of simplifying your schedule. Do you know one of the greatest time management tools that has ever invented? There is two, let us know. If anyone is business, it tells you that having an agenda and sticking with that. This is what I want to do. Here's a tax list. Before you leave your office, before you end your day, make a list of the things you want to do tomorrow, clients you want to call, things that you could not do yesterday to follow up on. Make that list so that when you come back tomorrow, you are focused and not distracted by any phone call that comes, any email that comes in, or any notification that shows up on your smartphone. Or somebody just posted a picture of them eating food and all of a sudden you are distracted by that. Simplify your schedule. No is not a negative term. It's a positive term when it gets to a to using God. It's a positive term because it allows you to stay focused on what God wants you to do rather than what everybody else wants you to do. Let me give you an illustration. As a, as a young guy growing up in Africa, I grew corn. Not in any commercial way, so I'm not, I'm not trying to puff up myself. I grew corn in our backyard. And a good farmer knows that each stalk, each stalk of corn can grow only one good ear of corn. And so you see often that each stalk may have three, four, five corns on that. Well, here's what happened. When you see that coming, commercial farm growers will go in and pluck out the other corn so that each stalk has only one corn so that that corn has the right size it's a big corn and uh, can meet the commercial standards because the more corn growing up on the stock will what decrease its size and it will not be commercially marketable you go to Popeyes and you ask for a corn you get a good sized corn not a teeny little bitty corn that is so lean and weak. Where did it come from? That one big corn grew up on only one stalk. And so it is with tomatoes. Those of you who grow tomatoes or mangoes or oranges. The branches that have less fruit on it produces the biggest fruit. Let me repeat that. The branches that have less fruit on it produces the biggest fruit. And so when it comes to being used by God, my brother, my sister, less is better. <laughs> so if you want big fruits in your life, You've got to physically remove most of the fruits in its early blooming season and throw it away. That doesn't make sense to anyone so far. 
I want big fruit in my life. So every little fruit that's going to suck up my time, my energy, my resources, my attention, what do I do? I just got to just put it on the side. I can't do this because this is what's important. This is what God created me for. This is what brings me that far better life, that distinctive life that unbelievers can ever have. This is that kind of life that ushers me into that open door that God has in store for, for my life. And I want to encourage you to do that too. Ephesians 5.16 tells us we should redeem the time for the days are evil. That word days are evil means they are confusing, they are distracting. The enemy is busy trying to put stuff on your schedule that will move you, distract you, cause you to pursue a fool's errand, a dead end. He's oh my gosh, look, I've wasted all this time, all these years doing these things. Well, the time wasted means you could have been doing something that God wanted you to do to bring prosperity to your health, to your finances, to your relationship, to your, to your spiritual life, to, to everything that God wants you to do for the glory of God and for your own good. So here are things that, that God wanted to do. Three quick things here. Let me throw it in your heart. First, is you, how, how do you simplify your schedule? First, make a plan. The Bible says in Psalm 90 verse 12, it says, teach us to number our days so we can gain a heart of wisdom. You ask God, God, what is it you want me to do today? What does he want me to focus on? And God says, anyone who lacks wisdom should ask him and God will give it to us freely without any criticisms. Make a plan. Second is this. Be ruthless with, dis <laughs> Be ruthless with distractions. Constantly prune, 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 prune. Last week, what is it I did that wasted my time? What, what is it I did that really was not of God? What is it I did that really didn't help my, you know, the things that God wanted me to do to stay healthy financially, relationally, spiritually, emotionally? What is it? Constantly prune. What, that's what a farmer does. And you see, in the Bible and over in your, your, your scripture, I'm outlined, there are three verses that gave us three powerful metaphors of being ruthless with distractions. And these metaphors are of a runner, a soldier, and a farmer. God uses these three metaphors extensively in the Bible. A runner, a soldier, and a farmer. And all these three teaches the same thing, to be ruthless with distractions, to simplify your schedule, to ready yourself and make yourself available so that you are having maximum effort on the plans that God has for your life. Because it's only that that God will bless. Now, first, a runner, God is saying, as a runner, I must stay free. Have you ever seen a runner carrying a lot of baggage? Somebody who's an athlete going through the Olympics or going through any kind of tournament and they have extra clothes on, they have a hat on, they've got gloves on, they've got, you know, double socks and they all kinds of things that are booted around their legs. Have you seen a run of that? They go through me 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 meticulous examination, even the clothes they wear. What's the weight of it? The shoes they are wearing, how light is it? Everything, everything that they're doing, they want to make sure that it's not, it's not causing excess weight, excess baggage to try to drag them down. Like a runner, God is saying as a runner, running this race of life, you've got to stay free. Look at this portion of scripture in Hebrews 12.1. Hebrews 12.1. Paul inspired by the Holy Spirit. It says what? Since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Who are these great cloud of witnesses? These are the angels. These are the saints that have gone before us. The angels in heaven. 
those who walk down the road, the path of life that we did and now are living in paradise, they are cheering us on. We are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Let us then what? Hear this. Throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. And God says, I have a race for you. You cannot run my race. I cannot run your race. You can't run anyone's race. You only have your own race to run. But you can wear yourself out with so much stuff and carry so much while running this race that it will slow you down and make you ineffective and unusable by God. So many people today, God has an open door for them. They say, no, I can't do this. I don't have any time. I can't do this. I'm so tired. I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't, I can't, I can't. They will come up with a thousand, a thousand, a thousand excuses. Not reasons. Excuses. Because if you don't want to do anything, you can come out with a million excuses. Doesn't make it right why you don't want to do it. God says, throw it off. Throw off everything that hinders. Throw off. Be ruthless with distractions. Now, make a note of this. Make a note of this. I, I know this from personal experience. Make a note of this. If the devil cannot make you bad, he will make you busy. If the devil cannot make you do something outrageous, something so despicable, something so evidentially wrong, he will make you busy. He's knocked you out of the game. You are out there chasing everything, traveling left and right, spending money, shopping, doing all kinds of stuff that you're not supposed to be doing. Following, pursuing every agenda, everything else that somebody else is doing. Those says, aha, uh -huh, I've got you confused enough. You go ahead and chase of all these things because this is what God wants you to do. And, and you, you just uh, go, go ahead. Every day I'll put something on your mind. Because you're not fulfilling your mission in life, you're just pursuing these things. If the devil cannot make you bad, he will make you busy so that you will miss God's purpose for your life. Somebody write it down. Put it on your Facebook page. Remind somebody. Don't, don't, don't give me credit for it. Just, just act like you heard it and you believe it and you receive it. Use that as a tag on your WhatsApp. Put it on Twitter. Put it on Instagram. If the devil cannot make you bad, he will make you busy so you will miss God's purpose for your life. cases not that you are doing anything wicked or not that you're doing anything evil or mean or bad or nasty but you are just too busy that God cannot use you you're so busy with so many good things that you don't have time to do the most important things that God created you for and God has a blessing when he says I have a special favor for those who are ready to do my work so first is there's like a runner must stay free. Second is the same thing that is used in three metaphors. Like a soldier, I must stay flexible. If you had a, a, a thought to do something today and God births a vision, send somebody to tell you to take another direction, are you going to oppose that? You're going to say, oh yeah, sure, I wanted to do this, but yeah, this, is, this, is, this, is, this is my life journey. This is my life journey. 
If somebody texted me right now and says, Pastor Mike, this afternoon at 12.30, uh, can you come and share a message to this congregation? My bags are packed. I'm going. Because that's my calling. Not, oh, you know what? I, I got to eat this food or I have these things to do. Or, I got to prepare for this tomorrow. I, you know, no, 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 no. It's like you pray about it. And you say, God, is this your calling? What word do you want me to go share with this people? You've taught me a lot. I don't want to just go and pick anything that you've, I know I can do, but tell me something. And when I have the inspiration of God, my schedule is changed, flexible. And God is saying, like a soldier, you must be flexible because you don't know when God's call is coming upon you. Look at this portion of scripture in 2 Timothy 2.4. 2 Timothy 2.4. <laughs> I love this portion of scripture. I love all of them. It says what? As Christ's soldier. Are you one of Christ's soldiers? Are you a soldier in the army of the Lord? <laughs> Sunday school. Uh, we sing, I'm a soldier in the army of the Lord. As Christ's soldier. Do not let yourself become tied up in the affairs of this life. For then you cannot satisfy the one who has enlisted you in his army. You say, is this in the Bible? Yes, it is in the Bible. Anyone who says, I can't understand the Bible, then you're not reading the Bible. Metaphoric language. Illustrative language about simplifying your schedule and being flexible, just like a soldier is. You are in the barracks somewhere playing cards, watching YouTube, and then your gun says, Get up, let's go. Bam! You put on your boots, you put on your clothes, you strap yourself, you are out there in information. Formation. We are going. Be flexible. Because your time belongs to God. Your life belongs to God, not you. If you want to be used by God and receive this special, special blessing, you got to get into that zone and that space. Rather than getting all tied up. I said, don't get tied up with the affairs of this world. Don't get grounded in stuff that God is not blessing or even the time has already run out. There's a season for everything. Maybe you're doing something that God's saying it's time to move on to another stage. So be flexible. So like a runner, I must stay free. Like a soldier, I've got to stay flexible. And third, how do I simplify my schedule? God is using these metaphors to open our eyes. Like a farmer, God is saying, I've got to stay focused. Stay focused. Look at Luke 9.62. Jesus is speaking to us about this theme. I love God when he speaks so clearly. Luke 9.62 says, Anyone who lets himself be distracted for the work I plan for him is not fit for the kingdom of God. Anyone who lets themselves be distracted. Oh, Pastor Mike, I can't make it this time because there's a show coming on Netflix that I got to watch. My co-worker said it's a great series. I, I need to go watch that so I can't make it. I can't do this stuff because of this or this or this or this or this or that. And if whatever it is, is the will of God that you are snub and God looks at you and says, you are letting yourself be distracted from the work I plan to do through you and you are not fit to be used for the kingdom of God. Because if you don't do it, God's going to pick somebody. And when God picks somebody, God's going to bless them. And who is going to take your place? Who is going to take your place in fulfilling God? You are not going to slow. I'm not going to slow down God's will, God's purpose, God's work. So it's either I, I be used by God or God pick somebody else. And over and over again, 
There are others that God, uh, there are people today who are on their knees praying to be used by God, and God will pick them from wherever and use them to be able to fulfill His work so that the glory of God will shine. <laughs> Anyone who lets themselves be distracted from the work I planned for them, God is saying, it's not, you, you, you've made enough excuses, God saying, okay, well, you do, do whatever you want to do, do whatever you're ready, I'm right here, go, move, go, 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 these things are more important to you than what, what I have for you. That's fine. Go right ahead because you're seeking the accolades of mankind. <laughs> but my work was still gone. Now let me give you a few reasons why, why we can get distracted. Let's get practical. Let's get a little practical. When you come to Favor Life Church, you get practicality. You, you get the application of God's word. So what are some of the things that would, that would distract me from fulfilling my life mission? First is envy. We get so busy focusing on what other people think about us, what other people are doing, and we want to be like them, rather than focus on what God wants for us. Envy will distract you from the work that God has planned for you. Greed will also do that. You're discontent with what God, God is doing in your life. You always want more. And there are others who would love to have your life, your background, your experience, your job, your family, your situation, but you are discontent with what you have. Greed, 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 greed. I have to have more. I have to meet the expectations. My own expectation or the expectation of others. And therefore, what? You are not available to be used by God. So envy, greed. Next is wrong friends. When you surround yourself. When you are listening to people who, are, who the enemy is using to throw you off. Because you are obligated to them. You've obligated yourself to do what they say you ought to do. My grandmother used to say, show me your friends and I'll show you your character. I, I don't even have to know what you're doing, but just let me know who you're hanging out with. Who you're listening to. And I can predict what your life will go. Do you agree with that? Peer pressure. So envy, greed, wrong friends. How about your past also? You know, none of us have a... Great past. Life is ripped with problems, challenges, problems, difficulties. Not only our life, but the life of our, our family and our friends and where we came from. It's not a beautiful place. Nobody is perfect. There are all skeletons in our closets, including mine. But if you allow your past to become the biggest distraction in your life, you will be living life in the past when you should be living your life today and the future. God is not interested in your past. He's far more interested in your future. God is not interested in where you came from. He's more interested in where you're going. When you look back at your past and your past becomes the mirror, the radar, the funnel in which you look at everything God is saying that can distract you from the work I've been Nobody has done this in my past. I tried this, but it doesn't work. This is what happened. And it happened three years ago, four years ago, five years ago. When I was in Ghana, when I was here, when I was in elementary school, primary school, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about all your past challenges we are all broken people we are all broken vessels that are mended 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 by god so if you focus on your past hurts and regrets and guilt and resentment and hardships and problems that can hold you back as the bible says distracted from the work that god has planned for you now good things can also distract you right 
I mean, when you're so when something happens to you and you just it just there's a there's a joy of life. It's like man, I bought these puppies and they they they're the life. They, they are they, they they just they they you focus yourself on all this. I've got these kids and they are my my angels and they are my saints and they are my God and they are the joy of my life. And you you pour all your resources, all your time, all your energy, all your plans on this stuff. I bought this car and it's the greatest thing. I tell you, I, I mean, I I felt prey to that. Many, many years ago, I bought a red Pontiac Granam, Pontiac Granam, 1990, 1991 or 1992. And every day I was just washing this car, shining the car, cleaning it. Every time before I went in and drove it, I would make sure that every speck was off. I spent all this energy on this car, red Pontiac Granam. Those of you who've been in the church, right? Do you remember that red Pontiac Granam that Pastor Mike used to drive? Wasn't that a clean car all the time? But imagine all this time spent in shining this car. Good thing, a good thing, a good thing can render bad. We don't focus on what God has in store for us. So for me to be blessed by God, to be usable by God, one is I must purify my heart, my brother, my sister. For me to prepare for the life and get myself ready for special favor that God has for those who are usable by God, I must well purify my heart, sanctify my body. I must, I must simplify my schedule. Let me give you one more and then we'll pray. I must well intensify my passion for God. Walk by faith and not by sight. Run into the arms of God. God is my bull's eye. Until this one happens, my brother, my sister, that intense passion for God, intensifying, growing in my spiritual walk for God. Until this happens, all the others are not going to walk. I must intensify my passion for God. I must get in a space where I want to do more for God. And I'm putting boots to it. I'm, do, I'm leading by example. <clears throat> <clears throat> Excuse me. God uses people who are passionate for him. Let me repeat that. God uses people who are passionate for him. God uses people who have fervent faith in him. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. God is a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. God uses people who are not casual, part-time. Not when I feel like kind of Christian. I don't feel like going here. I don't feel like saying this. I don't feel like doing what God wants me to do. God cannot use you to the extent in which he created you for. God uses people who are all in. All in. God uses people who are sold out. You ought to know that as your pastor, my coffee prayer, I am sold out for God. God uses people who are passionate who say, God, I've got to know you more. I've got to know your blessing. I've got to know your purpose. I want to live. I want to live in your plan for my life. I want to do life with you. God uses such people mightily. In their health, in their finances, in the work of God, in their spiritual endeavor, in their generation, something majestic, something glorious. They, they, they are people who are recipients of this far better life. That people can never have on their own. 
underneath your life there's stature there's stamina there's courage there's confidence there's hope there's joy there's strength there's stability underneath your life there's a core a core a core strong core underneath your life not what you see in their clothes and 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 they watch they wear in the car they drive and the jobs they do that's all hogwash Do you remember in the Bible, in the story where Jacob wrestled with an angel? It's a metaphor of the kind of intimate connection we need to have with God. At one point, Jacob is wrestling with this angel and the angel says, You got to let me go. You got to let me go. Daybreak is coming. And Jacob said, With all the struggles I've had in my life. If an angel has visited me with all the challenges, with all the roadblocks, with all the mistakes that I've made in my life, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. That is the kind, that is the kind of attitude that God says, yes, you are chosen, chosen to be used by God, chosen to be a vessel, to be a human agent, to fulfill God's purposes. You are, I'm, you are, I'm not going to let go. I'm not going to focus. It is you I want. You I want. Your presence, your power, your glory, your use for my life. These are the ones you got to have an intense Passion for God. You need to say to God that God, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. I'm not going to stop praying until you bless me. God, I've got to have your blessing upon my life. I gotta have your blessing upon my generation. I gotta have your blessing upon my finances, my health, my spiritual work. I gotta have blessing upon my generation. God, I've gotta have your plans. And I wanna be the person you created me for. I wanna be the light in a dark world. I wanna be your salt in this earth. I wanna be the difference maker. I want to be to, to shine for your glory through my life. You tell God that I've got to fulfill the life I was created to fulfill. And this cannot be a casual, part-time commitment. Are you desperate for God's purpose for your life, my brother and my sister? Do you really want God's blessing for your life? You see, a lot of people have just enough. They just want enough God to bug them. They're casual. They're spare. They're just part-time Christians. Spare-time Christianity. They don't get a blessing out of it. This is why... Do you really want God's best more than anything in your life? God always gives his best to those who want it the most. Jesus was very clear. He says, I am not going to give choice food to the dogs. And a woman who's uh, only child had died said, yes, Lord, but even the crumbs that fall from the table is all the dogs have to eat. So I just want whatever you have for me. Whatever you have is going to be enough. Jesus said, wow. There's only few people that Jesus commended for their great faith, and this woman was one of them. He says, I haven't seen such great faith in this city. Go and your daughter will be healed. You must have an intensity, an intense passion for God. 
Now, what does it mean to have an intense passion for God? It means that I shine with high intensity. Look at how Jesus put it. Matthew 5.16. You may know this portion of scripture. Matthew 5.16. Jesus is speaking. He says, let your light so shine before people that they may what? See your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. That's intensity. You are so intense that it shines on the job. In the church that you are, it shines. You're not looking for people to clap you, to applaud you. You're not looking for your name to be on the church program or the announcement. Anyone call and say, we want to thank sister so-and-so. We want to thank brother so-and-so for what they did to help us. They'll do this or do this. No, 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 no. It is just shining. It's shining. You are so intense that it shines. Let your light so shine not in the dark, but before people, so that they may what? See, not guess, not think, not wait for it to happen. They are seeing your good works. And glorifying your Father in heaven. Will you become a high intensity Christ follower? I'm challenging you, damn you, encouraging you, motivating you, my brother, my sister, that if to enter into those open doors that no one can shut, you must become a high-intensity Christ follower. Let that be your identity. And you're going to see rapid moments of God's blessing upon your life. Far more than your employer can give you by way of your paycheck. You say, Pastor Mike, I just work for my paycheck. I got to do this and this and that to be able to pay the bills, pay the bills, pay the bills, pay the bills. You haven't seen what God can do. Become a high intensity believer and God will bless you. You will reap where you haven't sown. Others will work and God will pour it over your lap. For God is a rewarder. He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek after him. I will attest that with my whole life. Sang a song. He says, this is my testimony. This is my testimony. Oh, the, oh I hope you sang along those songs. Come to, uh, come to Favor Life Church. We're going to be singing these songs. This is my testimony. I've moved from death to life. Grace has rewritten my testimony. If I'm not dead, then God is not finished with me. Greater things are still to come in my life. Oh, I love that song. I love those lyrics. Greater things are coming. I'm living that high intensity life for God. And God, like the great father, like the good, good father, he rewards his children that are in step with him being used as a human agent to fulfill his divine work. Let me give you one more scripture. Look at this. Colossians 3, 16 to 17. Why don't you scroll down on your page? Scroll down. Look at this scripture. Scroll down this scripture. We're about to end. Don't let this scripture miss you. Put, put, eyeball, put eyeball on this scripture. And as I read this scripture, allow the Spirit to speak to your heart. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all. Not do it 
some, not do it haphazardly, not do it lazily, not just whatever you feel like, and other things are more important. Whatever you do, do it all. Do it all. Get all in. Dialed in. All in. All in. Maximum effort. Use every skill, every talent, every health, every ability, every intensity, every passion, every creativity you have. Do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And don't do it begrudgingly. Do it rejoicing. Do it with thanksgiving. Giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thank God for the privilege. I thank God today that I'm right here looking at a camera and my other computer is telling me that there are 82 people who are listening to the word of God dialed into God be the glory and it's a privilege and I will do it every day with intensity rejoicing do it all do it all all in 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 in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ giving not doing it begrudgingly not doing it with criticism not doing it expecting anything in return but do it giving thanks to God it is a privilege Privilege, and you do it serve God with passion become a high intensity Christ follower oh, some of you ought to take that so you don't forget it use that as your tag tag tagline I'm a high intensity Christ follower and don't give me credit for it <laughs> you're not going to find it on the internet <laughs> Lord birth it on my spirit intensity Christ follower I am a high intensity Christ follower I'm gonna let my life shine let my life shine before people before my co-workers before before my neighbors I'm gonna let my life shine before people before my church members so that they will see the glory of God now do it rejoicing why because of the privilege God could have picked somebody else He's giving me the gift, the talent, the opportunity. He's giving me life. He's giving me breath. Everything I have, everything I will have, didn't come from me. It belongs to God. And he gave it graciously to my life. Therefore, this is my payback. He says, I should. Whatever I do, in thanksgiving to God, I've got to do it all. Not do it some. I do it haphazardly. Not, not do it looking around for who's here who's here how come nobody's here how come nobody's here how come nobody's here who else is doing this stuff doesn't matter doesn't matter he says do it in the name of our lord and savior jesus christ 24 7 all the time <laughs> whatever you do whatever you do 24 7 all the time <clears throat> you see god's definition of success is very different from the world oh, you see the world's definition of success is is what I can get. What I can get out of what I'm doing. Who's going to like me? Who's going to befriend me? Who's going to puff me up? Like I have a need to be affirmed in life. Jesus is my affirmation. Jesus is my joy. Jesus is my love. And so I want to be able to give what he's given to me to others. Not want anything from return. Because I receive from God. I'm a, I'm a pass through. And so this passion has to be 24-7. He says, whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, do it all, 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 energy, do it all, do it all the time, do it all with your energy, do it all with your strength, do it all with your skill, do it all with your do it all with your fantasies, do it, do it, do it, do it all. He didn't say be perfect, he said just do it. 
Like Nancy Reagan just came up with a phrase, just a slogan. Just say no to drugs. Say no to drugs. Cut down the drug. I mean, issue a whole lot. Just say no. People are not empowered. Just say no. Somebody say, hey, you know what? There's a little joint here. You can have it. No. It's real cool. It has to be relaxed. No. No. Just say no. High intensity Christ follower. <laughs> Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And here is the greatest definition of success. Jesus said this, John 17, 4. Jesus said, I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. Jesus said this. And when Jesus says, follow me, learn of me. Learn of me. He's our greatest teacher, the great exemplar. He says, focus on doing the work God sent you here to do. You say, Pastor Mike, it's too late. I've lived 40 years of my life not focusing on God, 50 years of my life, 60 years of life. It's never too late to start now. It's never too late to start right now. A new purpose in your heart. After hearing this message, that God will bless those who are usable by him. God will bless those who are ready to be used. God will bless those who are available. God will bless those who have high intensity for God. Say, God, for the rest of my life, you're a way maker. You turn darkness into light. You take what the enemy meant for evil and you can turn around for good. And so whatever my mistakes are, I know that you are, you are willing to flip it around. Give me a Jabaz experience. Jabaz experience. And God will do it. Well, let me close with this scripture and then we'll pray. Here's how Jesus described it. There were three fellas that Jesus told the story that his master was living on a trip. And he gave them equal talents, equal opportunities, equal mission with resources. I want you to do this job, and here's everything you need for the job. One person said, you know what? It's too hard. It's too hard. The master is not here. Uh, I'm just going to waste my time and energy, and nobody here is even going to realize that I did this job when the master came in. And, 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 and what if I do the job and fail? What if I do the job and people laugh at me? What if we came up with all these excuses? I'm paraphrasing here. You know, and I'm going to lose these this resources. I'm going to mess up this project. And the master is going to come in. The master is going to curse me. The master is going to beat me up. The master is going to put me in prison. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take these this, 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 this resources. I'm just going to put it in a box. I'm going to hide it. When the master comes and says, see, see. The Bible says, he said, see, here's what you gave me. And I kept it very well. I'm giving it back to you. You can have it. Now, the other two take, took the same resource and they says, wow, the master has, wow, among all the people he could use, he called me, he called me, called me, an African boy, he called me, me, with all my past, with all my struggles, with all my weakness, me, 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 me. So he held himself accountable. He held himself, they held himself responsible. And he went and says they invested the time, invested the resources, worked so hard with all their heart, and they doubled it. They had a double return, the Bible says. So when the master came and presented himself, this one guy here said, oh, uh, 
you know, these people don't laugh at me, these people, these Africans, these Liberians, these Ghanaians, these Nigerians, these black Americans, these white Americans, these people, yada, 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 yada. Came up with a million, oh, you know all these people. These people. These people. So I didn't do anything because of them. But I hit it. Get it back. The other two came back and said, see, it worked. Thank you for giving us the privilege. Thank you for our assignment. Thank you for our calling. Thank you for bringing us to serve you, serve your purpose, serve your will. We went out and it worked. Look what the master said to the two. Well, first he took it away from them. And he gave it to, he, he gave it to those who worked hard at that. Matthew 25, 23, says his master replied to those who had invested to those who had an intensified passion for the work of the master. Matthew 25, 23, his master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. Not good and perfect servant, not perfect servants, good and, that's all God wants you to do. To do good and to be faithful. To do good and to be faithful. Not perfect, faithful. Well done, good and perfect servants. You have been, that word again, Faithful with a few things, I will now put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Be faithful with a few things and God will put you in charge of many things. You see, I don't understand that. Well, this is kingdom principle. It even works on the job. You go ahead and go overboard. Serve your... Serve your your team, serve your co-workers, serve your customers, do good by the company's standards, over and beyond what's expected of you. Just all in, all in. Do it in your heart, in your spirit, and then do, do more than you've been asked to do. And guess what? You're going to be called to become the team leader. Oh, some of you know that the Lord has blessed me. I'm a, I'm a market manager. At a, I'm a division manager in a line of work. I started off as a teller. And after I sell my drawer, I'm out there helping other people to settle their drawers. I'm not the head teller. I'm just a teller. Helping other people. I come in early with making supplies and so forth. When they have an irate customer, which I say, Joe, do you need me to handle that customer? Please, send the customer to me. Sir, how are you doing? I'm so sorry for what happened. Put a smile on my face. Calm them down. Take the others. Guess what happened? People were noticing. And time and time again, I'll call into the office and they say, Mike, da 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 da, moving you here. Never even have to fill an application. So many years in my life to try to move to the next level. Let your light shine so people will see the good work and will bring glory to God. Because you have been faithful to a few things, I will put you in charge of many things. Let me close on this note. God is looking for people to use. He wants to use you, but you've got to get yourself ready. You've got to prepare. Are you serious, my brother, my sister, to be used by God? How badly do you really want God's blessing upon your life? If you are serious, then what are you going to do this week, this week in your life? What's going to be the next step? May I ask you to do these four steps that we've talked about in these last two weeks. The step one, purify your heart. What it means... Is that do some 
winter cleaning, getting ready for springtime to come in, a little soul searching. Spend more time with God. Ask God to forgive you of all your sins. Expose areas of your life where you, you, you get it clogged up. Have the courage to ask the Holy Spirit to help you to turn away from them. Purify your heart. Next, sanctify your body. The Lord cannot use a, a, a vessel that is unusable. He says our body is the temple of the Most High God. Go to the personal spiritual assessment that I sent last week and allow God to reveal certain things in your life that perhaps you're not paying attention to. You come in agreement with God. Don't lie to yourself anymore. Come in agreement with God. Says this isn't right. I'm going to change. I'm going to turn a new leaf and allow God to be able to move you forward. And then simplify your schedule. Everything is permissible, but not everything is beneficial. Or today you can climb up to the top of your apartment, of your house, and then fall down. Nobody's going to stop you. You are permitted to do that. The Lord will not stop you. Your neighbors will be looking at you wondering what's wrong with this person. When you fall down, gravity will take its course. The fact that you can do it doesn't make it right. And so simplify your schedule. God, what do you want me to spend this week, the rest of my time here on earth focused on? And you tell God that I've made many mistakes in my life. The reason things are not this far better life you promised me hasn't worked out is because I've not fully dialed into you. So help me number my days to use my time effectively so that I'm available to be used by your spirit. And last but not the least, intensify your passion for God. Go all in. If there was a time where you had you were just a part-time Christian, following after what others are doing or not doing, no more. No more. Because you want to be the one that when God looks at you, says you have been faithful on a few things. Now I'm going to put you in charge of big things. You say, Pastor Mike, I can't pay my bills and so forth. If God gave you $10,000 in your bank account, can you manage it? Can you use it right? Are you at a place where, where you're being a good custodian? A good custodian of your time, your health, your finances, your resources God has given you? Are you using it to the glory of Almighty God? But God is not going to give you something that will be, become a, 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 a drudge, a drudge on your life. God is not going to gift you with his blessing that will bring more pain to you than you already have. Because you have not cultivated the attitude, the discipline. You're not on fire for God. Because he knows that the enemy is a liar and the enemy will come and distract and confuse you. <laughs> we talked about that earlier. So you get to that place where you are all dialing with God. Where your ears and your eyes are percolating, your heart is connected with God, you are listening to the voice of God, and you are being led by the Spirit of God. Then God is saying, because you've been faithful in a few, I'll put you in charge of many, because you will not be swayed, you will not be bullied, you will not be run off. The enemy cannot come and trick you and convince you and distract you. Because you are one that understands that the Spirit the gift of God that brings freedom from death to life teaches you to say no to worldly passions and yes to the things of God. Well, I hope you come back and rehear this message, watch this message again. It will be posted on our website sometime this week and share that with others because it could potentially change your life.
Now, everything I've said, my brother, my sister, is, is really connected with being included in Christ. God has made it very clear. It says there's a distinction, a difference between those who are my children and those who are not my children. And this far better life that people can never have on their own comes based on inclusiveness with Christ. Jesus included everyone in his death and everyone in his resurrection so that you have this far better life that you hear me talk about. Today, will you make that decision to step forward and put your hand into God's hand and say, this is my life, take it. I want to be included. I want to be included in this far better life that people can have on their own. It's very simple. Over 40 years ago, I gave my life to Christ. And that is the biggest change, the greatest turnaround, no regrets. Would you come with me into the trauma of God? And pray with me this simple prayer that I prayed over 40 years and I've encouraged many, many, many to pray this prayer. That you too will be included in the death and the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ so that God can direct your steps into his divine purpose that he created you for. You didn't ask to be here, God brought you here. Not to run around aimlessly, he has a specific purpose for your life. Come home to God. Pray with me, please. Oh, Jesus. I thank you for this time with you today. I realize that without you, I can do nothing. And so today, I open my heart to you. Come in my heart and save me. I want to be one of your children. Use my life, Lord, for your glory. And for my good. I believe in my heart that you died for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead. And are forever seated in heaven. Thank you for your blood. That you shed to set me free. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus name. Amen. I want to welcome you. To the family of God. In the portal that you are at, when you scroll down a little bit, you're going to see a section that says comments, prayer requests. Will you send us a comment that, Pastor Mike, I prayed with you, and I will send you a Christian resource free of charge to encourage your walk in the Lord. If you're looking for a church room, come be part of us. What you see is what you get. Uh, people who are moving forward. Standing the word of God, praising, worshiping, and thanking and glorifying God and looking out for God's transformational change upon your, your life. Come and be part of us and you will not be the same. Oh, my good friends, what a joy and privilege uh, to spend some time with you. We are coming to the close of our, our time together. Before our closing prayer, may I encourage you to sow a gift, an offering, a tithe into Favor Life Church. God says, freely you have received freely give. You're not giving to a person. You're not giving to me. You are giving to the work of God, Favor Life Church, uh, to help us continue to be in ministry. It's so easy to sow into our ministry. God has, pro has promised a blessing, a reward. He says, when you give, it will be given back to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. This is good ground to sow into. God will bless you and multiply your gift many times fold. Four ways you can give to us. Uh, easiest way is right there at that green button on the screen. Scroll down a little bit. You're going to see a green button that says Give Online. 
you hit that button it'll open up another page and you can give using your your plastic card you can give using your bank account either your checking or savings account if you have apple pay google pay samsung pay microsoft pay any kind of pay that you have where money comes out of your account and can transfer that you can use that that give online button can guide you into the various options you can give to support this ministry you can also give using cash app many are familiar with cash app uh, you can find our call letters right there favor life one word favor life we use that if you have signed up for favor life uh, to sow a seed that will bear much fruit in your life in the life of others who benefit from your investment in God's kingdom here in this ministry favor life cash app another way you can give is Zelle. Zelle is free for most banks, uh, most customers. Uh, it's one of those uh, uh, secured way of transferring money. So if you have signed up for Zelle through a local bank, uh, you can definitely give to us. Uh, the information is right there <coughs> on the screen to give to support our ministry. Now let me give you a, a, a prayer. Let me share a blessing unto you as we depart. Oh God, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You have our life. And today I pray a supernatural dawning of from your people. I pray, God, my Lord, that you cause a release of your anointing into their life. I pray that you set them up for this far better life that people can never have on their own. This, this differential life that you say it's far different than unbelievers. I pray that you usher it into their life. I pray your message will dawn upon the hearts of your people and you will evoke a response, a positive response for them. That your people will step forward and become radical Christ followers. High intensity Christ followers. That they will benefit those who have been faithful over a few things and have been being put in charge of many things. Take your people to the next level. Cause a spiritual awakening in their hearts and their minds, Lord God. Let them step forward. Encourage them. Motivate the Holy Spirit. Motivate them to step forward and walk through those open doors that you have assigned, appointed for each and every one of them that no one can take away. Don't let fear be their portion. Close their ears and their eyes to the lies of the enemy that want to confuse or distract them. Instead, hone them to the voice of God. The voice of God. See, my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. They won't listen to a stranger because they cannot recognize this voice of the stranger. I pray, oh God, my Lord, that you dawn on your people a passion, a passion for you. And you take them to higher ground in your spiritual walk with you, that you find them worthy to use them, that you find them a vessel that you can use. You find them dressed for service to be able to receive the special favor that you have earmarked, set aside for those who are diligently seeking after you. Oh Lord, you take the needy from the garbage dump and you elevate them to sit at tables of honor with kings. Let it be so for everyone 
who's yearning for a greater reach of you into their life. Let it be so for everyone, the son of my voice, who wants more of you, more of you. And those who do not, oh God, my Lord, birth in them that desire, create that intensity, that hunger for you in their life. That you will act on it to direct their life into the destinies that you have created for each and every one of them. Bless your people mightily. Bless your people with wisdom. Bless your people today with your peace. Bless your people with your presence. Bless your people with your pardon. Bless your people today, oh God, my Lord, with your provision overflowing into their life. Bless your people with a desire to pursue you. Bless your people to be in heart pursuit, heart pursuit of you. Bless your people with your divine protection all over their lives, oh God. You do what you do best. You turn what the enemy means for evil in their life, oh God. Oh, bless them now. In the name of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Amen, amen.